Welcome to the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking. On today's episode of the Patient Flow Podcast, we meet Elisa Ayer, Director of the Patient Placement Center at Baylor Scott & White Health in Dallas, Texas. In part one of this two-part conversation, Elisa shares the challenges of establishing a patient flow process within a large multi-pronged system. Let's listen in. When we opened the department in 2009, it actually stemmed from an issue with one of our community medical centers that were expressing a concern that they were having a very difficult time sending their patients over to our level one trauma center. And they were concerned about that because they were actually sending patients outside of Baylor because it was becoming too cumbersome to get into the, the flagship campus. So we put together a steering committee to talk through what what could we do to try and help that, because obviously we want to maintain our patients because we feel like they get the best care in our organization, and we didn't want to be sending anyone out. So we wanted to look at maybe what barriers were coming up for them and how we could address it. It became very evident that if this was an issue for our community medical center, then it was likely a greater issue for all hospitals in our Metroplex. So we started reaching out to folks to ask them, what is it like to transfer into Baylor Healthcare System? And the feedback that we got was that we had a lot of room for improvement and that it seemed like it took too long and that they would have to call multiple Baylor campuses until they could find a hospital that would be able to accommodate them. So we started looking around the nation to see how did other large healthcare systems manage this patient population, and the idea of a transfer center came about. We actually started with doing only inpatient transfers, which in hindsight was not the right thing to do. We were actually scared of doing the ED transfers because we were worried that we would somehow inadvertently have it violate EMTALA. We were concerned about that, and so we wanted to just stay with inpatient transfers. In hindsight, the simplest transfers are actually ED to ED because EMTALA exists. So the requirements are fairly well laid out for you. But the good thing about doing the inpatient volume first was that it really taught us a lot about building relationships with our physicians and understanding what it was that they were looking for and what they needed in order to make a decision about bringing a patient into the healthcare system. So that gave us an opportunity to really work on developing rapport with our physician staff and with our house supervisors across the, the healthcare system. And so we've really grown quite a bit. When we started in 2009, I think we maybe did right around 1,000 transfers over the course of the entire year. So it was very small, and there was not necessarily a mandate by the corporate part of our organization that people had to utilize a transfer center. It was just considered another opportunity for someone to be able to move into the healthcare system. But if they wanted to call a house supervisor, they could do that. If they wanted to call a social worker, they were welcome to do that. And then we were just another option for them. As time has come by and the value has become evident, now we get the vast majority of transfers come through our department. Last year, we did a little over 13,000 transfers, so tremendous growth. You started to talk about it, but if you could expand a little bit more about the type of relationship and the type of collaboration that occurs between your flagship facility and the community hospitals. When we started, about 85% of our transfer volume went to our flagship hospital, Baylor University Medical Center, and they are a phenomenal hospital and they provide excellent care. And so it's no wonder that people were interested in moving to their hospital for medical treatment. The conversations that have slowly occurred over time have been, you know, not everything requires a tertiary level of care. 
and we have got some pretty amazing community medical centers and two wonderful heart hospitals that have robust service lines and are more than capable of managing um, pretty complex patients. And so as time has gone by, we see that now about 55% of our volume goes to BUMSI, to Baylor University Medical Center, and the rest to the heart hospitals and the community medical centers. So there's really been a shift in our perceptions about what a community medical center can provide. And we're able to keep more of our hospitals in their community rather than sending them to the Dallas campus. And I would think, too, that must also contribute to patient satisfaction if they don't have to travel two or three hours. Absolutely. People want to be in their home community where their family members can come and visit them, where they're familiar with their environment. It's already terrifying enough to be in a hospital. And then when you're in a location that's not familiar with you for you, that's, that's even more challenging. What role did executive engagement play? As time has gone by, we've really been able to hone in on the transfer process. We understand transfers much better than we used to. Uh, And as such, we've gotten physician engagement and leadership engagement in the form of an executive committee that meets now monthly. And that committee has senior level leadership from each of our campuses, uh, both physician and administrative. And the role of that committee is to look at the transfer center process as a whole and understand where our transfers are coming from, what kinds of patients are coming in so that we can understand the need for service lines. We look at our lost transfers. And if we were not able to accommodate these patients, why is that? What can we do to mitigate that? And then we try and standardize the process as much as possible amongst all of our campuses. And I understand, Lisa, also when you launched, you brought the marketing department in. How did they help communicate this and and get people engaged? When we first began, we had our marketing team create brochures for us. We had um, magnets for computers that people could place at the nurse's station that had our phone number on it. Uh, We had pocket cards. And then our marketing liaisons would travel across the Metroplex with me and sometimes with um, particular surgeons that they're trying to grow or develop a service line. And we would go to these referring hospitals who would send to us or who we wish would send to us that had not been. And then we would chat with them about our service. We would walk them through what it would look like to transfer to Baylor Healthcare System. And then as people got more familiar with us and they started having good experiences, they just continued to utilize the transfer center. Thank you for listening to the Patient Flow Podcast powered by Teletracking. In part two of this conversation, we'll discuss how the industry has changed and the important role data plays in the process. That's next time on the Patient Flow Podcast. 